0: Bengaluru Commute Podcast Powered by Spooler Welcome to the Bengaluru Commute Podcast Your only companion on the streets of Bengaluru Bengaluru Local News For today, the 29th of August Let's begin with updates from the city The Karnataka government established a commission Led by retired High Court Judge Justice John Michael Dikuna To investigate alleged COVID-19 irregularities During the BJP's previous rule The inquiry aims to examine medicine and equipment procurement as well as oxygen supply mismanagement contributing to deaths. The government expects a report within three months granting necessary resources for the investigation. In other headlines, Karnataka's Health Minister Dinesh Gundurao revealed a plan to provide health checkups to villagers via mobile units equipped with medical professionals and diagnostic tools. ASHA workers will redistribute medicines. The initiative, named Gruha Rogya, will begin with 70 vehicles across eight districts focusing on remote areas lacking health centres. The programme will include blood tests, blood pressure checks, x-rays, cancer screening, and eye and dental screenings. It's set to launch in a few months. In some more news, Bengaluru anticipates the launch of the crucial Baipanahalli-Kr-Puram stretch, a two-kilometre segment on the purple metro line. This launch is set to bolster Whitefields public transport. The Bangalore Metro Rail Corporation Limited expects the Commissioner of Metro Railway Safety team to inspect the stretch post September 7th as per several reports. The launch is contingent on CMRS approval following signal testings and trials concluding by September 6th. Up next, the Karnataka High Court dismissed a PIL by HBR Layout residents claiming a home was used for prayers. The division bench Chief Justice Prasanna B. Varale and Justice MGS Kamal found no legal prohibition against using a residential place for prayer. The case involved a disputed building earlier directed for madrasa construction after BBMP approval. The court dismissed the PIL, stating the petitioner's counsel failed to prove any specific prohibition on using residential areas for prayers. Now on to other news. To enhance last-mile connectivity, BMTC is set to introduce feeder bus services on 10 new routes, targeting underserved metro stations. The BMTC plans to add buses and increase trips on existing routes. Despite 12 years of Nama Metro, the challenge of affordable station-to-destination travel remains. Moving on, Karnataka's Tier 2 cities may witness a 40% surge in air pollution by 2030. Due to unimplemented emission reduction measures, states the Centre for Study of Science, Technology and Policy Study. At the India Clean Air Summit, CSTEP presented findings from their emission inventory preparation for 76 cities. If corrective steps aren't taken, emissions could increase by 31% to 38%, highest in Kalaburagi 38%, followed by Hubbali-Darwa 34% and Davangere 31%. Meanwhile, IISC Bengaluru study opened the door to creating drugs that combat antibiotic-resistant bacteria. Researchers focused on the QACA protein in drug resistance to Phylococcus aureus, S. aureus bacteria, known for expelling antibiotics. They developed camel antibodies against QACA, uncovering its hairpin-like structure's role in efflux. The study's findings offer potential solutions to antibiotic resistance, a significant health issue in India. On a different note, the renovated Sri Narayan Rao Melgiri Memorial National Law Library was unveiled at Bengaluru's National Law School of India University, NLSIU. Chief Justice of India D.Y. Chandrachud and Bhutan's Princess Sonam Dechan Wangchuk inaugurated the facility. With room for 600 visitors, the library includes amenities for differently abled individuals and digitizes materials for the Internet Archive. National News Moving on to the national news. Ahead of the upcoming G20 summit in New Delhi, the Delhi Traffic Police has issued a comprehensive advisory to ensure the smooth movement of various transport modes. The G20 Leaders Summit is scheduled for September 9th to 10th at Pragati Maidan's Bharat Mandapam Convention Centre. The advisory outlines traffic regulations, diversions for non destined vehicles, entry rules for goods vehicles and buses, airport and railway station access, and more. Meanwhile, Bihar CM Nitish Kumar denied any interest in becoming the convener of the Indian National Developmental Inclusive Alliance grouping. Ahead of INDIA's meeting in Mumbai, he emphasized his focus on uniting opposition parties, disclaiming personal ambition. The alliance plans a coordination committee, state-specific seat-sharing, and panels for the 2024 elections. Discussions on sharing digital content for impact are ongoing. In more news, Pradhan Mantri Jan Dhan Yojana, PMJDY, the largest financial inclusion initiative, surpassed 500 million accounts and 2 lakh crore deposits. Union Finance Minister Nirmala Sitharaman highlighted the program's impact, with 55.5% of accounts owned by women. PMJDY, a cornerstone of JAM, Jan Dhan, Aadhaar, and Mobile, directly channels subsidies into the bank accounts of the underprivileged. Shifting our focus, India's inaugural Sun Focus Space Observatory, Aditya L1, is set for launch on September 2nd at 11.50 am from Sri Harikota, Andhra Pradesh as announced by ISRO. The PSLV-XL rocket from Satish Dhawan Space Centre will initiate the mission, initially placing the spacecraft in a low-Earth orbit. Eventually, the elliptical orbit will extend to the Lagrange point L1 using onboard propulsion culminating in a four-month journey from launch to L1. In a general weather update for the country, the IMD predicted subdued monsoon activities across most of India except the northeast, where heavy rainfall is expected. The IMD notes an 8% monsoon rain deficiency since June 1, varying regionally from 7% excess over northwest India to 16% deficiency in the eastern northeast. The monsoon's revival isn't imminent, with concentration over the eastern Himalayas and western Himalayas for the next few days. International news. Turning our attention to international news, starting August 30th, China will no longer mandate a negative COVID 19 test for incoming travelers, signaling a step towards ending restrictions enforced since early 2020. Foreign Ministry spokesperson Wang Wenbin announced the policy change, reflecting the country's shift from its previous strict zero-COVID approach, which included extensive lockdown and quarantines. The restrictions slowed the global economy's second-largest, resulting in increased unemployment and sporadic episodes of unrest. In ongoing news, Terry Gao, the billionaire who founded Foxconn, a key Apple supplier, announced his candidacy for Taiwan's presidency as an independent contender. Gao, who left his role as Foxconn's chief in 2019, previously withdrew a presidential bid in 2019, when he didn't secure the Kuomintang-KMT party's nomination. Taiwan's democratic election is slated for mid-January. In a recent development, amid escalating climate concerns, activists have taken bolder actions, spray-painting super-yachts, blocking private jets and targeting golf courses, to protest the high-carbon footprint of the ultra-wealthy. Swiss activists disrupted Europe's largest private jet sales fair by chaining themselves to gangways and entrances. German group Let's Say Generation spray-painted a jet in silt, and Spain's activists filled golf course holes to oppose water consumption. In some other news, Turkey and the US recently conducted their most extensive joint military drills in years, reflecting a thaw in relations. President Erdogan's bid to meet Joe Biden next month signals this improved alliance. Alongside a congressional delegation visit, the exercises highlight efforts to rebuild ties. Turkish officials consider these exercises as recognition of Ankara's NATO significance. Erdogan's move to accept Sweden's NATO membership also aimed to enhance relations and procure American F-16 fighter jets. Let's now look at some business stories. Reliance Industries, owned by Mukesh Ambani, took a significant step toward its future by recommending the appointment of Isha Akash and Anant Ambani to the Board of Directors. Neeta Ambani has resigned to focus on Reliance Foundation. The board recognized Neeta's foundation leadership and her children are actively engaged in managing RIL's crucial businesses. In more business news, Tata Steel, India's second-largest steel producer, holds a positive outlook on prices amid reduced Chinese steel exports. CEO TV Narendran stated that Indian demand remains robust while Europe's recovery is expected next year. The UK government's decision on funding greener steel production is anticipated shortly. Narendran also revealed plans to reduce debt by a billion dollars this year, and noted India's green steel transition may occur post-2030. Next up, in some tech news, Elon Musk responded to a list of 21 Indian origin CEOs in prominent global companies including Sundar Pichai of Alphabet, Ajay Bhanga of World Bank Group, Sanjay Mehrotra of Micron Technology, and Shantanu Narayan of Adobe. Impressed, Musk acknowledged the achievement on his microblogging account X, formerly Twitter. Recently, Vaibhav Taneja, an Indian Origin executive, became Tesla's new CFO. Moving on, fashion retailers in India are facing gloomy prospects as food traffic dwindles, sales decline, and extended discounts become the norm, due to soaring food inflation caused by erratic monsoon rains disrupting supply chains. Tomato prices surged nearly five-fold and onion prices rose 80% in some regions. August's staggering 11.5% food inflation exacerbates worries about consumer spending, impacting the $62 billion clothing and shoe retail sector. In market news for August 29th, the Sensex gained 193.28 points, a 0.30% increase, reaching 65,079.79. The nifty also rose by 63.30 points or 0.33% to 19,329.10. Among the traded shares, 1,867 advanced, 1,382 declined and 130 remained unchanged. The Indian rupee experienced slight improvements due to positive domestic equities. Nevertheless, the gains were limited by an increase in the US dollar and a rebound in crude oil prices. Entertainment news. Over to news from the entertainment world. Actor Mrunal Thakur said in a recent interview that she prioritizes challenging storytelling over screen time or being the face of a project. She has recently appeared in Lust Stories 2 and Made in Heaven 2 and garnered praise for her performances. Thakur's focus is on delivering impactful performances and leaving a lasting impact despite limited screen time. She also aims to redefine the significance of smaller roles. In news from Hollywood, Greta Gerwig's Barbie is poised to surpass Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2's global box office collection. According to reports, it's now Warner Bros. highest-crossing release domestically, overtaking The Dark Knight. Barbie, starring Margot Robbie in the lead role, earned $18.2 million from 75 international territories so far, reaching a worldwide total of $1.34 billion, just $1 million shy of Harry Potter's total. Meanwhile in some news from regional cinema, anticipation is high for Prabhas' Salar Part 1 ceasefire trailer set to debut on September 7th, already trending on X formerly Twitter. The 2 minute 20 second trailer is generating buzz for the film's September 28th global theatrical release. Advance bookings in the US reportedly exceeded 2.5 crore rupees. Directed by Prashant Neil, the pan-India film shot across continents features a star-studded cast, including Prithviraj Sukumaran and Shruti Hassan. Spoiler Sports. In sports news, Neeraj Chopra, the Olympic champion, made history by clinching India's first gold medal in the World Athletics Championships in the men's javelin final, achieving an 88.17-meter throw. Three Indians secured top eight spots with Kishore Jena 84.77 meters and DP Manu 84.14 meters, finishing fifth and sixth. Chopra dominated with his best throw on the second attempt, leading throughout the competition. He previously bested Pakistan's Arshad Nadeem to win gold in the 2016 South Asian Games. In more sports updates, Mitali Raj, former captain of the Indian women's cricket team, expressed that the men in blue have a significant opportunity to secure the ICC World Cup on home turf later this year. The global event will be hosted in India during October and November and Mitali, present to witness the women's Premier League final, emphasised that favourable conditions provide an edge. She encouraged the team to perform well as it would offer another chance to lift the World Cup. Wrapping up sports news, Bengaluru FC's 2022-23 season has seen three competitions, three finals and one trophy, giving a seemingly positive outlook. However, the club's history of success raises higher expectations. Bengaluru FC aims to strengthen their defence and has signed Dutch player Keziah Weendorp from FC MN. The versatile 26-year-old defender's arrival brings much-needed stability in crucial situations. Bengaluru buzz. Switching gears to local events, there are many events ongoing and upcoming in Bengaluru this week. Catch Ace comic Viber of Setia, in his latest outing in the city, performing live at the longboat brewing company Martha Halle on the 3rd of September at 8pm. Witness popular band When Chai Meets Toast on their latest tour in the city, Love You The Same, live in concert and enjoy a fun night out at the Phoenix Market City, Whitefield on the 2nd of September at 7pm. Join a relaxing yoga class with the exclusive Breathwork Circle, conducted by Ace Yoga experts at Go Native HSR Layout, on the 3rd of September at 9am. Interested in learning the moves of Bachata? Here's something for you. Join a beginner's class with the exclusive Central Bachata Social Workshop, happening at the Small World ST Bed Koromangla, on the 2nd of September at 11am. You can also catch the incredible Yash Rathi as he headlines his latest stand-up special performing live at The Floor Church Street on the 2nd of September at 5pm. Bengaluru weather, And finally the weather in Bengaluru. On the 29th of August, cloudy conditions are expected in the city. The temperature will range from a warm 31 degrees Celsius to a comfortable 20 degrees Celsius. The heat index accounting for temperature and humidity could reach a high 35 degrees Celsius, calculated under shaded and light wind conditions. Direct sunlight exposure can raise heat index values by up to 8 degrees Celsius. The day's peak temperature is forecasted to exceed the typical August maximum of 27.5 degrees Celsius. That's all for now on the Bengaluru Commute Podcast. I'm Anupama Rajaratnam. If you enjoyed this episode, please do follow the Bengaluru Commute Podcast on your favourite podcast and player and leave a rating and a review as well. It helps other listeners to discover the show and we would just really appreciate it. Even better, if you know someone who would enjoy the podcast, share it with them. Make your commute truly extraordinary. The Bengaluru Commute Podcast skill is now available on Alexa. All you have to do is to download the skill from your Alexa app and look for the Bengaluru Commute Podcast. The Bengaluru Commute Podcast. Powered by Spooler.